Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try All right, and welcome to Laz and Powers. Scott and I are here at the United Center, uh, fresh off the Blackhawks' not exactly beautiful 3-2 victory victory over the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Zach Smith did not get his new dad goal, but he did get a new dad assist on uh, Kubelik's empty netter there at the end. They were trying, man. They had He was out there, I swear, like the last four minutes of the game, they were trying to get him that new dad goal. Who was the last one to score the, the new dad goal? Who, there was a run where it was like four straight guys did it, and yeah. Sharp did it twice. Both times Sharp's kids were born, both daughters, he scored the next game. So there's a, it's a proud Blackhawks tradition of new dad goals. I guess it helps when you're Sharp, too, when you score a lot of goals. Yeah, it's a little easier for him than for <laughs> Zach Smith, yes. But, oh, man, you had a chance. Um, so, yeah, so this was not a good game, but it's a no. good result. I think it was so key that they didn't go down three nothing. Like that felt like it would have been like the the building would have gone. Like the building was already it was going, already pretty dead going against <laughs> them. But they go down three nothing. Like it becomes you know like it becomes an issue and it becomes something bigger. And I think any sort of confidence they may have still had. And they talked about staying calm after that first period being two, down two nothing. But yeah, I, I think the fact that you know Crawford stopped some big shots there. There's some chances. Like yeah, I don't know if Blackhawks played. Carlton said he didn't feel like the team was playing bad. They certainly weren't playing great. So, right. I, I don't think we can emphasize enough how much Detroit sucks. Yeah, this. I is, mean, they are. This is one of it. This is a historically bad team. They have twenty three standings points through forty three games. How many shots did they even finish with today? I mean, it was. Uh, I was twenty one. I was twenty one. Yeah, like it was really low. Was the like, Blackhawks oh. give up thirty six point three a game. They give up twenty one today. Yeah. No. It's it helps playing Detroit and. 
if, if you're gonna go down two nothing, I guess this is a team that you can come back on. Like that's the confidence. Like this is the team you can still beat, and um, and, and they did it consecutively. You know, you, you finally like you, you get Strom's goal from Debrinkit, which again, Debrinkit and Strom should always be. Why on are they team. not on the same line? Um, they score, and then you build some confidence. You feel like it's coming, and then Sakura scores his first NHL goal off a Gustafson rebound. And what was uh, it the guy called you? A Sakura fanatic? Yeah, I think it's maybe one of the fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer uh, I prefer the term enthusiast, but yes. Um, but uh, yeah, and obviously goal has been coming for him for forty he, plus. He could games. he could have easily had seven or eight goals yeah, last yeah. year. He was always around it. Um, so yeah, I you know talking to him, he, it was obviously a huge sense of relief that that finally was scored. And then they they get. I, I thought the biggest play was was and something that you can see where this Blackhawks team can still improve is with Boquist's goal. He he gets the puck, may, eludes one defender with it, and and then you know with his his shot he beats. Uh, uh, beats the goalie, and, th- and that's what he can do. And I don't think we've seen a lot of that. Like we saw it in Prospect Camp, and we saw it, like we've seen it in Traverse City. Like he just he he can play like that, and I, I think he's been so tentative and so careful here. Um, and, and he finally, you know, like I, I think there's more of that in him, and then the power play especially. Yeah, the move the move he made around uh, Darren Helm. I mean, Helm was just he just slammed his stick on the ice because he just got schooled by a kid 14 years his junior. Um, you know, I, I asked Colton after the game. You know, when you see him do that, do you want to see? Boquist has reined himself in so fully, and to his credit, he's done a good job. Like he's be- he's becoming an adequate defensive defense in the NHL, which some of us wondered he'd ever be able to do, let alone at 19 years old. So what he's doing is working. It's making him a viable NHL player, but it's been coming at the expense of that offensive ability he has. He can he, he when, when he pinches when he goes down low, he can he's like a forward out there. He's Eric Gustafson, but better somehow yeah. offensively. And he's got that great shot, and he's been hesitant to use it. He's been hesitant to make any moves because he always wants to kind of stay back just in case there's transition. He doesn't want to get caught out of position. So I asked Carlton, like, do you want to see him kind of unleash himself a little bit more? And, you know, Carlton gave the coach answer. Well, we want him to be good with the puck, but that's what we want to see out of him. Yeah. They, want, they want the best of all worlds. It's never going to be the best of all worlds. If he starts becoming more of an offensive weapon, it is going to come at the expense of some defensive plays. But, man, when you see him do that, you think, wow, this kid could be pretty darn good. Well, they need that, especially in the power play. If he's yeah. going to play with that top unit, they can't yeah. defer to Kane so much. Like, the puck just gets passed around the perimeter. Just seam pass, seam pass, seam yeah, pass. It never connects anymore. Yeah, just it's, it usually ends up with Kane, and then he finally, you know, like he, he hit a post today off the power play. and Usually he makes something happen, but... To, to, to give him more space and to open up at all, like if, if Boquist is firing from up there, and um, especially if they're gonna put him on the top unit, like he needs to be aggressive, you know. Like Gustafson still has a big shot and he'd be shooting, and, and certainly was a liability the other way, so they, they, they took him off and put Boquist. But uh, you know, tonight, even like the power play had so many chances, and just you know, they're not capitalized. And if like, you're gonna if you're gonna like start dipping your toes in the offensive water, do it while you're on the power play and yeah. then rein yourself in five on five. That's the way to kind of ease yourself into that. But, man, when you see him make a little shimmy like that and, and, and shoot like that, you want to see more of it, yeah. especially for a team that just needs to win its game 6-5 most of the time. For Crawford to have this game, I think, was a big two. He, he had him played well in his last few starts, and Leonard had, and, and Leonard took over the took over the job, basically. And this is the first time since the 2015 first-round playoff series where Crawford essentially lost the number one job yeah like he's he's missed a lot of time for i asked him about that this uh, after the game like you've come back from injury absences many times is this any different he's like not really but this is the first time where mentally he had to think about the fact that he's losing the job yeah and he he you know you, you fall down two nothing early and that shot by zadina was insane i mean that's that's just tip your cap and move on 
Um, he made some, like you said, he made some big stops down the stretch, and they they needed that from him, and he needed that too, because you have to wonder about his own confidence, you know, after basically ceding the job to Robin Leonard. This is, was a good game for like like it builds Bolquist and secures confidence in Crawford. Like Detroit provides. Like I said that, you played uh, bad, but it's a good result. Right, right, yeah. You provide like a confidence booster in, in Crawford, and you assume that. Uh, until we hear more about Leonard, you know, like you assume Crawford's going to get the string. I, I imagine that Lincoln doesn't see a start. Um, it was sort of like when, uh, when Lars Johansson got recalled. Right. Remember that? Like he was up for <laughs> a while. He was just there. He, he was just there. Um, <laughs> just in case. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think this was important. We'll see what the rest of this home stretch. Like it gets a little bit harder. You know, teams are beatable, right? But it's still a little bit yeah, better I, than Detroit. I've said this a few times this year. Yeah, you have to. You know, this is not what you would call a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. But you have to admire their resilience. They, they they got a lot of character. You know, they, they shit the bed against New Jersey going in Christmas break, and they come out of it great. And then they lose a tough game in Vancouver, which just a weird, bizarre, fluky game, and they fall down 2 nothing here. And they come back. They, 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 they right the ship, and they come back, and they win the game. They've had to come back against Colorado. They've done this a few times now. Well, the Columbus game, Colum- Yeah, where they, where they erase a multi-goal deficit and, and pull out a win. Uh, this is a gritty character team, and that's if you're a fan, that's something you can get excited about, is that this is a team that could have rolled over and died several times this year. But they keep doing that Undertaker zombie sit-up, and you know, it, it's admirable. And I think the fact that the... There are reasons for hope, you know. Like I still think they need to improve the roster. Like it, sure. the fact, you know, I wrote about their third pairing, and and I thought Mott and Gilbert still had some of their lapses today, and uh, and you see what I mean. Doc had a pretty good game, I thought, but you know, Boquist and Secure, these guys scoring. Um, yeah, I, I still feel like they need to make a move. But the fact that you have young kids, these are the kids that you still see, you know, more of an upside to, and they gain some confidence where. Uh, I mean, Secure was on a 30-goal pace in the AHL. You know, if he can start chipping in and, yeah. and, and you know, it it's also means that probably Nylander, I don't, is coming back in the lineup anytime soon. At like, what point do they send him to Rockford? And, right. Like, what, what's the benefit of sitting here and watching will, games? Will, will they swallow and, their pride and do it? That's the question. He belongs there to get his confidence back, and, you know, just because he hasn't been playing well enough. But will the Blackhawks be willing to send him down? That's the big question. Like, and then... And, I think they have to. Like, it's what it's not the point of winning. Like, you've like, it probably doesn't make sense. Like, we, we both agree that it didn't make sense to trade Yoki Hara, but it's what's best for like, you want to have Nylander be the best player possible in the years to come. And I, and I think there's still a developmental curve for him where you, you see where he has a lot of skill and he can think the game and all this, but he's just not doesn't all connect. So, why not send him to Rockford, build, build some confidence? Uh, he has a he has a relationship with Anders Sorensen that he played for the mission. Um, like he's someone that he knows and they can work. And there's a little bit more of a developmental process where the Blackhawks I think are so um, they got to focus on who's on the ice. And you already have so many young players. So I, I think watching video and doing those things help. But ultimately he needs to get on the ice and, and yeah. be forming performing too. So I, I I think that's what's best for his. And the lineup's term. working better now without him. There's no way around it. Secura has been better than Nylander was. And Sakura, who we thought just a week ago might be looking to get the hell out of the Blackhawks organization, has put three really good games together in a row now and reminding us of how good he looked when he was on that top line last year. Uh, like you said, there's, there's hope here. You got, you know, Strom is just 22. He had a big goal today. Yeah. You had the Bokus goal. Dominic Kubalik, that's a legitimate top line NHL talent. Yeah. You know, at least certainly top six NHL talent. He is every game just making things happen all the time. He is... 
for me, for my money, other than Kane, who's on another planet, he is the most exciting Blackhawk player to watch. Like, he's fun to watch play hockey because he's aggressive, he's active, he's always moving. Yeah, he'll screw up every now and then defensively, but he's not, you know, I, I still don't understand why he couldn't get this right, right off the bat, why he couldn't be doing what he's doing now. He wasn't really given that chance. He was held and scratched a couple of times. But he's a, just well, a fun Well, he sort of player. got that Perlini game that I think that drove his a little bit, a little bit. Crazy, you know? like so he's, he can consistently put it together, though. Right, he's got, for sure, what, yeah. 12 goals now? Yeah. I mean, he's on pace for a 20-goal season. I mean, this is a very good hockey player they got. And, and eventually they get he's sad. But, you know, sad within two weeks. Uh, you know, they keep on saying Kajula's closer. So there are roster spots that people are going to give up to here. And, yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, for, again, long-term, I think Nylander goes to Rockford. He improves. and Because um, right now, even, like, like – Quinville shouldn't be on the top line, right? No, if you replace John Quinville with Brandon Saad, right, this lineup yeah. looks a lot different. Yeah, yeah so. You just got to make it through this next week or two, keep some momentum going, and then you add arguably your best forward this season. Yeah. It, it, it improves your hopes uh, dramatically in the second half. I'm surprised they didn't give Philip Holm a look, and, and today was put on unconditional waivers, and he's going to go back to Europe because he didn't get recalled. What? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we ask Colleton tomorrow about it. I mean, you, you'd think, I mean, I mean, I know the team loves Dennis Gilbert. Yeah. He's popular in the room he brings an element that other guys don't have but like as, as we pointed out as you pointed out numerically it's not pretty yeah and you know there, there's you know when when they scratched Seabrook before he went off and had his surgeries Colton said they're going to give Boquist and Gilbert we're going to give him a run here and I get that but I don't see why it's worth not giving home a chance just to see what you have at him. It's right. not like Gilbert's lighting the world on fire. Sure. Why not give home a week on, up here, give him three or four games in a row, see if he got something there. There's no harm in putting Gilbert back in Rockford or having him be a scratch. I, I'm not sure I understand. I, I, Especially when someone's displeased. Like, you like you don't want to – yeah, that's the reason you do it. But like, yeah, I know he's older. He's 28, 28 I believe. Yeah, but 20 I, I thought he looked pretty darn good in the preseason. Yeah, I, I, thought he, I thought that was a nice little find they had. Yeah. I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't at least give him a chance because you're worried about what? Hurting Dennis Gilbert's feelings? I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. I, I thought it was worth at least. The They're load. giving Dennis Gilbert more cushion than I would have expected. I. I didn't think he was going to play today. I, I thought coming. Up, I, I. I thought Dennis Gilbert was partially responsible for them losing last game. Where you look yeah. at some of the turnovers and just this placement, and I thought he'd sit this game and there's something to learn from. And Colleton went right back with him. So it's it's weird because even I don't know like between Kukumada and, and Gilbert, like it's. I feel like you're just rotating three similar guys who are They're guys, as you put it. They're guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked to Mata about it yesterday, about being scratched, and, you know, he said that i got to be more simple. And, you know, like he took it the right way. It wasn't like an angry veteran thing where he certainly could have been. But I, I think he gets it, too. Or they just they need something more. And um, Yeah, I'm, you know, we'll see, what, I guess, when they play against good teams again, how that pairing is. But I feel like that's if, – if you're going to tap in the space and if there's any way to do it, like it's – that's still where this this like you see other room other parts of the, this team growing and improving and I think you still need to somehow improve the bottom of this team. Yeah, not not every team is the Detroit Red Wings. You're not going to go 21 shots a night and yeah. forward. Some interesting stats tonight. Patrick Kane did not have a shot on goal. That does not happen. Oh, he had four attempts. And he but was he around hit the, the post at one time. Yeah, he had that. Well, that's yeah. Yeah. Man, I thought for, the my angle from the press box that puck went in. Then it skittered along the goal line, and then it banked off Jimmy Howard's left skate and went to the side of the net. It was like that whole parallax view thing. I thought it was in the net. I'm like, oh, he scored. And then he did not score. Um, Rain Carpenter won two faceoffs and lost 12. Ooh. 
he was brought here ostensibly as a face-off specialist, and he's been a good he's been a good addition for them, at a, and a certainly a good value at a million dollars. But he has not been the face-off guy advertised. He's he's like at forty-six percent coming into this game, and two of twelve. I'm not sure I've ever seen a two of twelve game, or no, two, of, two of fourteen game. Excuse me. That's... His, some, some, his, some, oh, I can't speak. some of his numbers were kind of limited in Vegas, where it was a sample size wasn't huge. No. You know, like he's probably getting. Like also the idea was that to have him and Smith on the same line, so they could. Whoever was going to be on their uh, their strong side, they'd be able to take the face off. So I think putting him out there for every face off that line takes probably isn't. Uh... Can we have a moment to talk about how bad the Detroit Red Wings are? <laughs> Holy Christ! You look at their like I, 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 I know it's plus minus and it's not an accurate stat, but it is to a degree like uh, the big picture of just how awful your team is. Uh, Anathasio, I always pronounce that one. Anathasio is minus thirty five. Through thirty six games. Was well, the team like they're like they're like minus sixty or anything? Oh, like their that? goal differential is insane. Uh, well, with a wing, winging it in Motown, one of the uh, God bless uh, our uh, athletic beef writer uh, Max. Uh, he was here today and just <laughs> figure out ways to keep your fans engaged when. We, we we were there in November of last year, like November it wasn't and, this and early December. It was starting to get we had two weight like, game losing no streaks in a row. Yeah, you had the coaching change, which helped spark a little of interest at least. But yeah, I mean, people uh, knew what this was beginning of the year. Detroit is minus seventy three goal differential. Oh my God. Like the Blackhawks, who again aren't a very good team, are minus fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. Minus seventy three. Like the worst team in the West is San Jose, at minus twenty nine. Uh, the other second worst team in, is New Jersey, who's minus thirty eight. They I beat the Blackhawks like 100 to good, 1. No? What's that? The way that I thought Detroit moved the puck pretty well. In the 25th ranked in the league yeah, yeah. against the 8th ranked Blackhawks BK. Yeah. Didn't look all that pretty. It just it tells you how much we see like the Blackhawks power play. Like it just it doesn't. They don't move the puck like that. You know? No, they don't, and it's problematic. And again, because they're they've been doing this since the Panarin days, where they're just like they get fixated on that seam pass. Yeah. And they never try to manufacture goals anymore. That's why, I honestly, that's a place where they miss Andrew Shaw, is when he's on the ice in a power play situation. The kind of mindset changes. They're just trying to get the puck in net because he's so good at deflecting and getting rebounds and things like that. You know, Strom and Taves are are they're they're passers more than they are those kind of like scrummage finisher types. Yeah. So they don't really. Well, have that's why you need some off had so many power play goals. Was yeah, he was just that. happy to stand right there yeah. and just clean up. Yeah. The guys would bounce pucks in off him. They don't really don't have. That. Well, that's also why John Klimble's on the power play right now in that <laughs> second year. They just don't have anyone like that. Yeah, they really need Brandon Sod back in the lineup for a lot of reasons. Um, so yeah, so this is not. Hey, two points is two points. I mean, there's no bad wins in the NHL, uh, especially when you're out of the playoff picture. But you know, right now, what are they? They're they're five points back at Calgary with a game in hand. It's about where they've been for the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, like it's because the Wild are winning a little bit, and Nashville has some games in hand. That's just the problem. Is there's just so many teams in the yeah. exact same boat as them. Like you need to win a bunch to make any probably ground. You well, it was interesting because yeah, I, I, I the other day uh, before they went on the road trip. Um, Leonard was saying, you know, you don't, you can't think about winning a whole bunch in a row. Just win two out of every three. Win two out of every three. And then Carlton was like, we need to win a bunch, a whole, whole bunch in a row. Yeah. And the fact is, they need to win a bunch in a row because uh, it's the only way you're going to make up ground when you're fighting. I mean, basically for the rest of the season, Arizona, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville, Chicago, maybe even San Jose are just in this mishmash, and like three or four of them are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So it's going to be messy, and and that's why you can't afford to give up any points and. Who cares if it's the shittiest team in the league and you barely won? You won. Yeah, That's all no, that matters. Sure. Um, you're going on special assignment this week. Special assignment. Special. Ooh, spooky. Somewhere warm. Yeah. Yeah. No, te- no teasers. Um, I will be here in the cold. Yes, you will. Yeah. 
I don't feel that bad. I'm not you're, you're not going back out to Slovakia. I'm not going. Yeah, you got you got to go to Slovakia last yeah, year. So that was a warm day. This is this is not the same as that. <laughs> but no, uh, well, we got some good stuff planned this week. We got some midseason review stuff, even though midseason was last week. Yep. Um, I had a, a fun uh, a fun conversation with Patrick Kane this morning uh, after the morning skate. That'll be uh, uh, a story in the next couple of days. Uh, probably sometime this week as he chases a thousand points. He's at he had another assist today. He's at 992, I believe. Um, that's pretty impressive considering he's 31 years old. Uh, Marion Hosa, I remember covering his thousand point. We were in Ottawa when it happened, and uh, he was already like 35 or something like that. So it was, uh, what do you get the uh, the stick for? I forget what like what they silver stick is for a thousand games. Oh, a thousand games. That's a. Uh, I always love it, like like when uh, Chris Kunitz got it last year when he'd been with the Hawks for like a month, and you know I think Corey Perry got it. And we were at I was at that game covering in Dallas. There was like this Corey Perry thousand game ceremony. Nobody in Dallas likes Corey Perry. Nobody anywhere likes Corey Perry. And fans are like politely golf clapping, like yeah, it's like a ten minute video. Well, nobody gives a shit. It's Corey Perry. By the way, we need more walks of shame for guys like Corey Perry. That was the best thing that's ever happened at any Winter Classic was Corey Perry walking 22 miles to the locker room after his dirty hit. Oh, man, we need that all the time. There needs to be like a like a, an umba band playing alongside him or something. We need more of that. Um, you wrote about Dylan Secura's first goal. I'm going to, right. Well, well this by the time this podcast yeah, comes out, it'll be there. That's true. I'm, yep. I'm talking in the future. Yeah, so it's, it's a great piece. <laughs> he hasn't written yet, but it's great. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff coming. Yeah. We'll do another podcast on Thursday. Yeah. And, and uh, they'll be able to play one more hockey game by then? Uh, yeah, they played, it's a full, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, I like these Saturday. podcasts better when there's a couple of games. Yeah, in the yeah. Game. When it's only one game, it's hard to come up with new stuff to talk no. about. Well, well Thursday's lie. usually good because we get some questions. Yeah, I got to be better about asking people to give us questions. I certainly probably need to be better just to ask someone. Go back and read my mailbag from last week with all my Star Wars characters. I spent way too much time on one of the stupidest things I've ever done. How long did it take you to do this? I spent about a solid 45 minutes to an hour on the Star Wars characters. I was, uh, I decided if I was going to do it, I was going to do do it. it, Like, I wasn't going to just be like, here's three guys, yay! (laughs) I love that there was somebody who was actually mad at me for naming, I, I, I said that Taze was Leia. Like, I don't know if it was a sexist thing or what. I mean, Leia's the freaking general. She's a trained Jedi. She's the person that everyone goes to war for. Like, the most important person in the entire rebellion. Who wouldn't want to be Leia? What the fuck? What the person say? Oh, like, somebody's like, like, I dare you to go to Jonathan Taze's face and tell him oh, that he's yeah. Princess Leia. It's like, dude, come on. Give me a break. I feel like I could do it with uh, Frozen right now. Like, I, I've been watching a lot, <laughs> watching a lot of Frozen lately. <laughs> I could do it with Harry Potter, certainly, because... My my daughter has got me completely into Harry Potter. I'm listening to this Ringer podcast yeah. with uh, Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion. It's freaking amazing. It's like literally like they spend like 20 hours on every book, like going through like three chapters at a time. And like it, it, I, I'm I'm I, it's 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 sad how into this I am. I can't stop listening to this. Podcast. I'm in I'm in the third podcast of the Order of the Phoenix. Nice. And it's just it's great. Like I, I I this is how I consume pop culture. It's like. I watch something and then I become obsessed with it for like three months and then I move on to the next one. So <laughs> it's been fun. Anyway, go read The Athletic. It's good. There's good stuff there. And this is our episode that goes out to everybody for free. So subscribe too. Yes. And then you can get the Thursday episodes, which are better. Don't tell anyone. So that's all from us. Uh, Scott's going to go write his great piece that we've already told you is great. And uh, I'm going to go home. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Won't you let me try